hell of a barrel. <laughs> Welcome to Blair Furrows. I hate stairs so much. Why did we immediately start recording after ascending three flights of stairs? Oh. Can you hear how morbidly obese I am? Oh, for those of you who aren't fans of Adam Sandler, uh, find that on his album. Yeah. Great. Uh, Hey, everybody. This is Blurry Photos. (laughs) This is totally Blurry Photos. My New Year's resolution is to stay Dave Stecco. (laughs) I've already broken my David Flora. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. We got a good show. Yeah, it's it's a science packed edition. Oh man, it's it's science, conspiracy, and fear packed. I yeah. think horror, mm-hmm. scaredy stuff. That's right. From the highest offices of government down to the lowliest corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> And the paper's width that separates the two. Now, I'd like to point out that I don't consider any corn dogs lowly. They are each perfect snowflakes, and I will devour them all if given enough time. <laughs> Let's jump into some of this stuff now. Uh, we're talking today all about GMOs. That's genetically modified organisms. Right. We're mm-hmm. also uh, we're also going to delve into genetically engineered food. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about what the difference between GMOs and GEs are and uh, what what they do, what the benefits are, what mm-hmm. the dangers are. We'll talk a little bit about how prevalent they are in the world today. Uh, we're going to discuss, uh, are they bad for you or are they not? Right. We've got all kinds of things. This, this bag is full of d- <laughs> <laughs> One for each of you. Oh, man. I, don't, I just didn't know how to finish that, so... It's like uh, we, you, sli- you slipped and just kept yeah. kept grabbing for stuff. Right. Uh, well, this this episode is full of amazing facts, and uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. So let's just dive into let's it. Let's dive into it. Now, bring, g- bring the heat, Flora. GMOs, GE foods, uh, g- genetically everything, mm-hmm. it's all kind of under the same incestuous umbrella, although yep. there is uh, a bit of difference between them. Now, uh, we'll attempt to um, differentiate them as best we can here. GMOs, genetically modified organisms, uh, it's an organism whose genetic code has been altered, subtracted, or added to to give it characteristics that it does not have naturally. Mm-hmm. Basically, it could speed up uh, a genetic alter- alteration that might happen naturally right. or, or through through uh, crossbreeding or just uh, natural, <laughs> yep. natural propagation of, of the plants. Exactly. Genetically engineered organisms are uh, organisms that have had genes directly incorporated to generate results that don't or can't occur in nature. Right. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one, to sum up, it would be basically be creating something that, that a plant doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Or or any organisms, or, I think. Or an organism. I think the 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 genetically engineered items you you see more in the research side of the world. I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to to all these things, but for the most part, you're going to see the the GEOs more. These are um, knockout mice. These are very specific strains of of fruit flies, right? 
um, you know, I think you see those more on the research side. The GMOs are the, these are the things that you are probably snacking on right now as you're happily listening to this podcast. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm just going to come out with this right now. Oh, great. Like right off the top, because I, I have no reason to be afraid of my perspective. I love science. I want science into everything. Right. And I am wholly, and I know there are going to be exceptions to this, oh, just, and, just, and I yeah, want you to show fine. them to me, David Flora, but I am wholly on board with genetically modifying or engineering anything that we see within our purview that does not please us. Okay. Oh, okay. I want all of it to be messed with. I am taking the opposite stance today, mm-hmm. and uh, and hopefully in the future. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want anything to do with any genetically modified anything going into my body. Um, there could be exceptions, sure, you know, and, right. and I hope that you point those out to me as well. But I, I have a few examples of why I don't want this stuff going in my body, mm-hmm. uh, which I will share with you and everyone today. And and hopefully uh, most of this will be on the scientific side and, and not as much on the opinionated side. Because if you do your research on this and if you look at uh, stuff on the interwebs about this this subject matter, you're going to get... A, a a crap ton of opinions right in your face oh, man. all of a sudden. This is a really polarizing issue. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I'm excited to, to, to be on the side of the lab coats is that you actually don't, there isn't a huge amount, I, I don't hear a lot of defense of, of science, of, of, of why these things are um, done, uh, you know, like why, why we have genetically engineered these things, why we've modified organisms. Mm-hmm. But it is because it's an emotional issue, especially in the research I did. Parents of of young children are really concerned about this. It is a new technology. Mm -hmm. How is it going to affect children? Does it affect development? These are all really valid questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it, it is. It comes down to the food we eat every single day. And while I absolutely will defend the science and the, the reasoning, I think that as we'll probably get into a little bit later the means by which that science is brought to us <laughs> and is how it is sold a little how, questionable beyond a little questionable. <laughs> See, um, yeah. And I think that that it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, eat the cake that I broke into your house and placed on your chest while you were asleep. Go ahead and eat it. <laughs> That's it's hard to trust that cake. Uh, will you write down old hag syndrome, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> <or something exactly. laughs> That's something um, I'll cover, but you know the means by which things are brought to us and the means by which they are done are important as the things themselves to us, yeah, to, to everyone. And I feel like the this subject, I think that the entire debate about genetically modified um, corn, for the mo- you know, for the most part, is what I like to to look into because sure. I think it's the biggest one, it's and huge. it's such a huge subject. I couldn't look at everything. On one hand, I think there there are very good reasons why these things are done, but man, were they just handled poorly by businessmen well that's funny that you should say that you're on the side of the lab coats i would consider myself on the side of lab coats as well in the fact that i think research is great um doing uh development and and the research of all this stuff it, it can only benefit us as long as it's not then taken <laughs> and, and and put in our bodies without our consent I, I feel like the well, reason I, I've I'm got a, bad news for you. I, well, I already dibsed lab coats, so now you're on that, the side no, of the crazy Wiccans. I, Have fun uh, with that. All right, all you right. hippie. I'm, I, <laughs> you're with the lab coats. I'm I with dibsed the Wiccans. It. But the thing is, the lab coats underneath that lab coat, you know what they got on? A suit. 
Oh, a so dirty suit. You, you, are, you are in bed with the suits on this. Oh, man, I was positive you were going to say Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> so comfortable. Yeah, or like a, a, a hemp Grateful Dead shirt or something. No, no. suit's way worse. Uh, let's let's stop um, yanking each other's chains here and, and get, get into some more of what, what the hell we're talking about yeah. <laughs> before we get too excited about debating it. The GMO foods that you're going to find out there commonly today uh, the, the biggest ones are going to be soybeans, corn, canola, cotton, flavor savored delayed ripening tomatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. These are the genetically modified. Now, the funny thing is about this, uh, genetically engineered crops usually and can be the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you get corn, soybeans, cotton, canola, alfalfa. So this is why they're all kind of under the same umbrella uh, like I mentioned before, this is also why, in my opinion, to start out with, this is just f- annoying to look at and to try and research. Oh man, it is uh, just a tidal wave. I mean, you've got you've got GMOs, you've got GM foods, you've got GM crops, you've got GE foods, you've got GE crops, and one article is saying they're all the same thing. One article is saying each one is different in its own way. And the way they, they say it's different is that it's something that's been genetically modified, while this one is something that has been modified genetically. That's how they're different. It's right. like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Put some research or science behind it or something. It's it's just terrible to research this stuff because everything looks like it's it's different, says it's different, but then when you when you look into it, it's not different. And there's a ton of info on it. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got... I mean, you have people with an, um, with an emotional stake in it. So you've got emotional people on one side, and you have patent lawyers on the other. Right. And when those are the two least clear groups of people on Earth. <laughs> Neither of them are interested in, in one-sentence reductionism. Right. Those two groups just don't have any interest in in a clear, concise resolution. Right, and they also, uh, I feel like, don't have an interest in sitting down and discussing stuff either. Um, all right, let's talk a little about um, uh, timeline history. Of, yeah, yeah, of GMOs. A, that's and a good idea. The genetic uh, with our food. No, wait, is that GMOs or GE? All right, all right. <laughs> that was that was me all last night. Yeah. Um. In 1946, you get uh, scientists discover that DNA can transfer between organisms, mm-hmm. which sets the stage for this stuff. Now, in, in 1983, that's when you get the first genetically modified plant, which was the antibiotic-resilient tobacco plant. Mm-hmm. Then you go ahead to 1994. That's when you get the old flavor saver tomato, which is a... a Modified tomato that is uh, modified to delay rotting, mm-hmm. which means it has a longer shelf life. And that's that's approved for marketing and uh, actually put on the market and uh, and purchased and, and consumed by consumers. Now, you may recognize these tomatoes uh, because in 1995 they started exploding, killing approximately 1,700 people. Did that not happen? No. Oh. You might be thinking of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I get that confused with reality all the time. <laughs> 
This was also the year that uh, RBGH mm-hmm. is made by Monsanto and sold to farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, RBGH being a, a bovine growth hormone. It's a bovine growth hormone that increases uh, or is said to increase milk yield yep. from, from each individual cow. Uh, more on that later. Then we get to 1995 when you get the transgenic crops approved in U.S. to mm-hmm. be um, grown and distributed. And then uh, in 2000, uh, you get a, a product called Golden Rice, which is, has been produced. And that's just rice that is yellow in, in color and has uh, added vitamin A to it. Now, that's that's just a, a brief uh, highlight timeline uh, of what's going on with, with GM foods in the world. Uh, most of them right now are grown in America, but there's been a rapid growth in developing countries. Absolutely, where they desperately need... Uh, more food. Right, more food uh, or or more uh, pest-resistant food. Mm-hmm. The goal in these, in these modifications, I mean, like the... Uh, I almost feel like the Flavor Slaver tomato... Which is awesome, in my opinion, is 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 actually kind of the kind of the outlier. It's not usually they're not as directly marketable as hey, this just won't rot as fast. Right. You know how great is that? Usually the modifications are things that we the consumer would never really think of. Mm. Drought resistance, mm-hmm. uh, pest resistance, ability to plant in uh, you know or a faster life cycle, things that matter in deeply to the people who are growing the food we sure. eat. Sure. But for us, I mean... We never see that. Right. We just say, oh, is, is corn still six cents for a, a dump truck full of it? Right. Awesome. Right. Yes, please. Yeah. As as long as it doesn't have worms crawling out of it, we're right. going to put it in our faces. There's actually experimentation uh, going on right now on genetically modified salmon. Mm-hmm. Salmon that... that uh, uh, mature in like half the time. They're they're they grow bigger and fatter and stronger and faster and and uh, can get to the market in, in half the time that it takes to farm regular salmon. Which is what we already have with tilapia. That actually has been happening for years. That's why tilapia is delicious and inexpensive. Genetically modified crops. They they take this this approach. They're like, well, sometimes breeding is not the best thing. Consistently inbreeding the same traits over and over. You. You might get the trait you want, but you lose a lot of other things. And yeah. in plants, this is a huge this is a huge issue. Um, you don't get they they call vigor is the word they use the kind of overall uh, the the strength, the health, how fast corn or a crop develops, sure, uh, how vigorous the crop is. And they uh, farmers figured out pretty quickly that consistent inbreeding of their best ears did not produce vigorous crops. They did not help them the way they wanted, so it was kind of frustrating, hmm. which is why you end up getting what they call hybridized crops. And hybridized crops are where you take two very dissimilar strains of, I'll just keep saying corn because of the example I'm working with, mm-hmm. and when you breed them, those those dissimilarities actually produce a very robust crop. It, it, it matures faster, you get a higher yield out of it, but for a very long time it was difficult. You can't take corn from Georgia... And drive it all the way up to Maine. You Hell can't. no. <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> um, and this is where the science of, of hybridized corn comes in. Now, hybridized corn is 90 to 95% of the corn that we eat. And it is a well, great... Well, isn't everything anymore. <laughs> True. <laughs> but in uh, this, this is, this is... Hybridized corn just is simply recombining very different strains of corn to sure. get a better yield. This has no, there's no gene insertion going on right. here. There's no crazy towns, 
but you will always get a better from a hybridized corn. Now, scientifically, this is manipulated now so that we're making sure like, oh, here's the genome of corn A, here's the genome of corn B. Monsanto did a ton of research on this themselves and it helps everyone. Now, you then you add into that these genetic modifications. Uh, for example, uh, BT, which is uh, Bacillus thuringiensis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, an, it's a naturally occurring insecticide. Uh, what happens is this bacteria uh, creates what's called a delta endotoxin, which is uh, for... It... I Wasn't she on Deciding Women? <laughs> That's why you can't take it to Maine, dude! <laughs> From Georgia to Maine. <laughs> My name's Delta Endotoxin. <laughs> These cupcakes are delicious. <laughs> oh, I hate pests. <laughs> I'm just going to swat these bees. I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> They're uncivilized animals. Uh, so this delta endotoxin comes right back in. It messes with cation channels in the... Uh, the um, Calcium gates. Calcium gates, yes. It messes with the cation channels in the epithelium of the insect's gut, mm. thus killing the insect. Right. These gates matter. <laughs> Chemistry's important, oh. dude. <laughs> but... I, I know I kind of went down the rabbit hole, but I was really excited about it. So now you've got a, a corn that is growing better than, than a corn would on your own. It is, you're getting a better yield. You're getting more of it, and it's growing faster. It's growing healthier. You're and. losing less of it. But here's the thing. Even before you add anything genetically to it, you can't take the seed of that corn and just simply replant it and let it refertilize itself. Why? Because then you're, you're making the initial error again. You're inbreeding the corn, and you mm. you will get a consistently worse and worse product out of it. So you only even if you're even if you crossbreed these to get this result, you can only have one crop yield of the result of the best result of the best result of of the highest result. Yes, and this is this this was the true in 1930 when they started hybridizing crops. Mm-hmm. This is before Watson and Crick. This was before gene manipulation. Don't you think that that farmers though because Agriculture's been around since what? Gobekli Tepe? <laughs> Never <you> heard <laughs> of it. <laughs> Don't you think that farmers have, have figured that out and have been doing that since before 1934, the, getting no. the, the best stuff out of what they could? No, no. That's, that's exactly the problem is that farmers have always been trying to figure it out. Hmm. And okay. farmers, for the most part, were illiterate. I mean, uh, I mean you don't so, have to, to read to, to see. Right. Exactly, but that's but my my point is that there's no there's no body of evidence to go back to. Okay. There there's no there's no scientific approach to so it. So this you, farmer's almanac that I've heard about, <laughs> it's just bullshit, right? Well, and I don't and I and, I, and please says nothing about crossbreeding. And I, and I don't mean like farmers are illiterate as and they're not intelligent at all. I just mean like historically, right? right. They're rural. They they know they're, they're they what they're doing, but they they there's still that that era of chance in crops. Like, well, if the crop's good, this is going to happen. And so there was that that an idea. Well, it worked in the barnyard, so why doesn't it work in the field? Um, and it wasn't until they started doing some some work on this and really scientifically approaching hybridization and seeing how much better they could make the crops just by by ensuring that they they hybridized two different species and produced a more robust crop okay so then you get so you've got these hybridized seeds and now you start to incorporate new genes to that incorporate this bt toxin you've now saved yourself from having to buy 
uh, herbicide, pe- uh, yeah, pesticides. The other thing is BT toxin does nothing to us. Our calcium channels, our ion channels don't give a f- about it. That was actually a jingle from the late 80s. <laughs> Brought to you by Monsanto. <laughs> um, but it's it's helpful. You don't get corn, you don't get worms in your corn. You do, you get a higher yield. You don't have as many pest problems. This is huge to especially developing countries that are using these things. Now, what is the downside? Mm, shrug. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, that's that's where I uh, first draw the line. I'm like, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is magnificent. And there's no catch. No, there's totally catches, but they're not on the scientific side of it. What are they, the money side? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? <laughs> catch is a catch, man. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Let's let's keep going through p- potential benefits before yeah, yeah, I okay, before right. I launch any salvos here. You you've already hit uh, you know a number of them. It's been said uh, GMO crops benefit the environment by decreasing the amounts of pesticides that are that are used mm-hmm. on them that are sprayed on them things mm-hmm. like that. You get increased yield, more food from less land. You get bigger, hardier crops that are more resilient. Uh, you get foods that taste better, have better texture, and more nutrients. Not subjective at all, I'm sure. Right. I don't... <laughs> I, that's... Even, though, even though we're still talking benefits, those last three, I like all of a sudden I just saw a press release just I... fall out of your mouth. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> better texture. I, mm, these corn chips are the corniest corn chips that I ever corned into my cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say I'm shoving chips up my ass? <laughs> Depends on your definition of cornhole, I guess. That's right. That's a, a game. Could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> could have just been tossing like, bags. Yeah, I'm just tossing chips at a, a board on the ground. You also get foods with a longer shelf life. Mm-hmm. That includes uh, shipping them from a uh, farm to the market. You create a sustainable way to fight hunger. That's mm-hmm. a, a big thing that you mentioned. You are creating foods to deliver pharmaceutical immunization. That is uh, one of the new uh, areas they're they're developing. Yeah, getting uh, getting stuff that actually causes your body to either you know eat, eat corn, have a flu, have a flu shot as well, or stop diarrhea or something. It, one thing I, I read said diarrhea was in there. Keep that in mind. <laughs> All I know is it said something something diarrhea Doritos. <laughs> genetically modified animals like cows might increase their milk yield which Mm -hmm. we mentioned with the rbgh bio remediation which is uh damaged land can be restored through uh genetically modified organisms Mm -hmm. uh, by providing them with nutrients that they might be lacking uh, this is also where you would see maybe things uh, start growing where the land is heavily salinated, which means there's yep. a lot of salt in the land or things don't normally grow there. You put genetically modified things that ignore the salt and and can thrive actually in that environment, and then you re-biome the land. <laughs> Absolutely. In um, South America, aluminum toxicity in soil is a problem, and they're mm-hmm. working on uh, – they actually already have products – that can help with that instead of a farmer. Um, what was currently happening is a farmer his uh, he's got toxic earth. What he does is he just finds another, you know, 
square mile of jungle, burns it down. He knows that those ashes are going to fertilize the ground. He'll get a couple of crops out of it, and then that's toxic, and then he'll move on. Not only is that leading to deforestation, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's a lot of work. Are you, are you still for it? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying this is what happens. What these other crops can do, though, is work with that. Because the way you solve an aluminum toxicity in a soil is you bring lye in. Oh. Um, uh, lime, I'm sorry. Uh, you bring lime in and mix it into the soil. Now, these guys can't afford to do that. And it's very difficult. It's just not very... So you, so you deforest... No, you stop deforesting. You're able to use the same right, plot of it land. It sounded like you were way for de- deforestation. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying this is what happens without a genetically modified crop that actually has built-in tolerances for aluminum soil toxicity. Huh, okay. That way, this farmer can use the same land over and over. He doesn't have to slash and burn. Okay, good. Uh, you also get biofuels from it. Organic matter is bred to provide energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, overall lower costs for farmers with all this stuff. So those are those are some uh, pretty good benefits, yeah. Yeah, they sound benefitacular. Sounds sounds good. So what are the potential dangers of these things? Um, in in your book, there are none. This is where the the pages start turning blank, and you can take field notes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. You know what I love about this is that when we're done with the dangers, I'm going to go right back to benefits. I We haven't even scratched the surface. That's this is fine. Because, because I've got a whole other page of controversies that <laughs> might as well be filed under this. Now, here's the crappy thing. Uh, the potential dangers mm-hmm. from all the sites that I've found, most of them are pretty opinionated yeah because i really looked for that i wanted to see like i was looking for papers i was looking for yeah oh this study was done and when you eat this corn this happens to your b-hole i wanted to see that stuff and and part of the reason i uh, about that too is that some of the stuff i read is like people have done this and they've been independent scientists that have done this but they've been shut up or shut down or ostracized right. when their findings come out. I yeah, I read a lot of things scientists say, yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of those non Yeah, here's here's what has been researched. All right, so some studies suggest so that that some scientists say uh, physical damage can come to organs and cells from uh, genetically modified foods up to and including cancer. They may cause birth defects in animals mm-hmm. in certain uh, certain cases. Because, uh, just to to step aside real quick, crops that are grown and genetically modified or genetically engineered, if they're not grown for consumption by the populace, they are grown to feed to animals that Mm -hmm. are then (laughs) consumed by the populace. And in many cases, the crops that are grown to feed animals are grown specifically to feed animals. Right. They are, right. They're actually genetically modified to further that end. So. Right, and and not to be consumed by right. humans in any, any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Never! <laughs> Some of those can cause birth defects in animals, uh, also cancer and tumors. Uh, they could contain or introduce allergens to uh, a person's system some something that may not have been in the food before that a person was not allergic to through genetic modification can become present mm-hmm. and and someone who is allergic to to that trait in a in a food will uh, react to it uh, cross contamination can occur between farms uh, from a farm that is genetically modified and a farm that is organic i sort of put quotes around that but well, 
Uh, you know what? And that's that's like saying that that could happen is like saying a person smoking a cigarette at the table next to you could get some smoke in your lungs. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a whole issue in itself, which I don't know if we'll touch on or not. But uh, there's also a thing called gene escape. Uh, where uh, different species can make a break for it, make a break for We're it. We're getting out of here. <laughs> the genes that are that are spliced in there can kind of leak over into the weeds that they're trying to fight. So then the weeds get this uh, resistant resistance to herbicide or whatever they're spraying on there. So they have witnessed uh, gene escape. <laughs> So your corn, basically corn that is that is modified to be resistant to herbicide spray, kind of gets it on with the weeds, and the weeds are then become super weeds. I would imagine that is exceptionally rare. And so far in your list, I'm hearing a lot of coulds. Okay, maybe I should have then, for the benefits, say <laughs> this stuff could taste better, could have better texture. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the parody I was looking for. <laughs> But also with the superweeds, they can create superbugs so that nature can adapt to this pesticide, the BT that, that mm-hmm. you know, blows up their guts. Maybe they, there's a generation that's born where their guts are okay with the BT. And then you get bugs that are that much harder to kill. Now, this, this did happen. This happened in India. Um, I was actually able to find when I was looking for... My the I was trying to pre-game your contrary perspective. Sure, this absolutely did happen in India, and uh, this is a tough one to call. I don't, you know, how do you the the position was that they did find that there were insects that were now BT resistant mm-hmm. in this one section of India that had been buying these BT genetically modified crops, mm-hmm. and it was determined by Monsanto. So I'm 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 not calling this gospel. Okay. That the problems were is that not only were were the guidelines for the the seeds poorly used, and so there was the seed was mixed with regular seed, um, and they thought, well, that you know, we'll just you know, you know, we'll just parse it out because the seed Monsanto does charge a pretty penny for its corn seed. Sure. They mixed it with regular seed, thus kind of dispersing it, mm-hmm. and also, and and that I believe, I not only do I believe that poor farmers would do that because I, I can see the logic in their minds of that. And I can also see how that would absolutely produce resistant insects because you're, you're literally slowly grading up the amount mm-hmm. of BT that they're exposed to you. It's, it's a, it's a, a textbook uh, blueprint for how you would create a resistant insect. Sure. And now here's where things get a little Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> their second point was like, also, you were using Monsanto BT-1 corn. We just created Monsanto BT-2 corn that has two different uh, sources of BT production in its genome. BT-1 corn, you're only firing on one cylinder. What you need is BT-2 corn with two, two, two sources of of, of biotherangous toxin. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, And yeah, and so what starts out as a, a very rational explanation ends up as a sales pitch right and that is frustrating and that's bullstein okay um stein is stone uh so <laughs> <laughs> uh it could uh completely stone <laughs> <laughs> right it could completely replace uh original crops 
since the the majority of of the the world is is trying to grow, you know, as much as they can, mm-hmm. uh, this stuff could completely wipe out any natural organic uh, crops that that are grown. I have uh, to say, to at this replaced. point, it, it's probably inevitable. I mean, I think. I mean, you, they they really aren't doing a good job of sequestering the GMO fields. And they're doing a well, and they're also doing a great job at selling it uh, to you know mm-hmm. huge countries and poor countries and yeah. places. You know, it could encourage uh, genetic mutations uh, since some of the uh, genetic code is not stable after uh, uh, injecting new stuff into the sequence. A little more on that in a bit. It's harmful to birds and bees. No, I, that I did not know. It's uh, how is it how how so? Well, they said that there's been a study done on monarch butterflies in uh, United States specifically, uh, and since uh, crops have been using uh, genetically mo- genetic modification, the monarch butterfly population has dramatically decreased in and around those crops. At least it's scientists scientists say. <laughs> I I was actually I did a uh, a monarch breeding program, and my next question was like, no, were those eastern and western monarchs? And I that's just Sorry. <laughs> I wonder if they even knew. Um, unauthorized genetically modified products have ended up in stuff for human consumption. Mm-hmm. So these uh, engineered crops that are specifically for feed for animals have, oops, poopsie, uh, ended up in your sweet corn. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's... Southwest delight. That... <laughs> <laughs> so delightful. And I'm, I spit it out and I was like, what is this for a pig? Wait, what is this texture? <laughs> <laughs> They put texture. It's, it was in. It was I, on. Oh, it was on a list that I, yeah, that I saw. That was a mistake on their part. This can also lead to corporate market dominance, meaning that small independent farmers can be wiped out, basically because the uh, corporations and the huge agro farms uh, come in with all their crops and make more for cheaper. Agro farms is farm farms. <laughs> Okay. Okay, <laughs> Bullstein. Suck it, Bull- Bullstone. <laughs> Con Agra is uh, thief, thieving Agra, thieving exactly. farms. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, uh, huge uh, corporations, uh, far- mega farms, you know, things like that can wipe out the the small independent farmers. Uh, great. That's that's a list of uh, of the some of the potential dangers. Now I have a whole bunch of controversies that I would like to discuss with you. Bring it. Now wait, I do have a diatribe first. Okay. Before we get to the controversies, modifying living insects, they have actually created a modified male mosquito that will go out and breed with the females. Right. Yes. But then the I next generation is sterile. They were able to drop the uh, the population by eighty percent. In the, in their test areas, that means they functionally eradicated the disease. Mm-hmm. We have no love of mosquitoes; they're mm-hmm. bad things. Mm-hmm. And when you have to attack a disease like malaria, yellow fever, dengue fever, you have to hit the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And so, genetically modifying them is brilliant, and it is saving lives every single day. And I will always match that up against the texture of your corn chips. All right, which it's all not right, fair. Right. It's not fair to take mosquitoes versus corn. Thank you. I, that, <laughs> that was is not fair. what I was going to say. It's like comparing watermelons to bowling balls. <laughs> you can the throw texture them both is way people. off. <laughs> <laughs> the texture. Uh, 
Yes, uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you made that point because I am all for trying to, to get rid of uh, super su- uh, stupid mosquitoes. I am, I am completely against that stuff. So this is the type of genetic engineering and modification that they should be doing. Yes, let's get rid of diseases. Let's, let's, get, let's do that. Don't do it, though, w- with stuff that I don't know is happening in my face when I put it in my face. My point is that hunger is a disease. Malnutrition is a disease. No, I don't. I disagree because I think that hunger is a poor allocation of resources. Countries could feed their people, and they could do it with help. Where where we're giving that help is is wrong. The allocation of help is wrong, and the allocation of the resources that is given is wrong. But but is not a, not a genetically modified corn up. an attempt to to help to to make a better situation with the available allocation okay. of okay. resources? So you have a population that's alive, but they're all they've all got stomach cancer now. They they're all getting hair inside their mouth. <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> Oh, they've all got chainsaw hands. Is that what you wanted? A country of children who can't hug their mothers because of their chainsaw hands? But they can protect each other so well. (laughs) Oh, man. I think that there's a lot of starving children who would love to live long enough to have a problem with stomach cancer. Okay, okay. If they want that, then more power to them. I think that... At this point, gen- genetically modified crops are treating the symptom. They're not treating the disease. Granted. I get, I'll give you that. Uh, great. Let's go through. Did let's you go just through, fist pump that? Let's go through <laughs> some controversies. <laughs> um, all right. It's been said that scientific research on safety for the genetically modified foods has been reviewed by independent scientists and found to be rigged to appear safe through manipulation of experiments. Who's doing the scientific research? The biotech companies that profit from this research. Damn right. And it is very profitable. Okay. Point for me. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think I, I'm, I'm – now I'm just on your side. I, I mean – since we What is this? Since we – All right. No, no, no. <laughs> now uh, I'm a spy. <laughs> all, I'm all about GM foods. I'm all about yeah. it. I'm all about it. No, no. I think now that uh, we've, done, we've done our pros and cons – and uh, and I think that I think that we're we're we're, we're focusing in on the, the the genuine problem that is pervasive that we can. All I love agree that on. the controversies are the genuine problem that we get to. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I did hear, and this is uh, this is something that I I didn't have time to look into, but I want to. Hippie FDA, science. Yeah, this is hippie science at this point. FDA does not require notification of introduction of GM products to be, I guess, grown. I think they they might for anything that is to be consumed by the public, but anything that won't be directly going into our mouths that are full of hair uh, will be it is not required by the FDA to uh, have any any tests done. They can just put it out there. Oh no, I don't think that's entirely accurate. I mean, the- probably not. I. I like I said, I, I only found that that statement and and uh, nothing to back that up. And, it, and even time. if it, even if the FDA doesn't have ordinances about that, the Department of Agriculture does. So that that might be sort of one of those factually true, but not what you're trying to say. You know, like one of those things like, oh, the FDA doesn't have rules because the Department of Agriculture has rules mm-hmm. that govern those things. Yes. Now, let, I'm I'm going to go on and. and uh, pull vault into into this part. Ooh. Current FDA food czar mm-hmm. is a man by the name of Michael Taylor. 
Now, what did what what was where did Taylor work before working at the FDA? Uh, you, I don't know if you'd have heard of it or not. Uh, he he did a, it's he, a Spanish company. It's a, he did <laughs> did a little work for a company called Monsanto. Monsanto. He was uh, he was an attorney and a, a pretty big lobbyist yeah. for the company. Now he is the second most powerful man in the FDA. Yeah, that's bullstone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bullstone. That's a pretty hefty bullstone right there. Uh, now, who's dis- and and who who appointed him? Was it Bush? No. Oh, damn it! Because it was Obama. Obama. Yeah, thanks, Obama, for appointing oh, a, a f- Monsanto lobbyist. And I imagine things are going a lot smoother for Monsanto all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I heard that they they are getting some fast tracked uh, stu- uh, research and development going. Absolutely, they are. I mean, that's how. That, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I I hate. I hate good science with an excellent reason to be like that's helping people mm-hmm. being turned into a product that is being shystily marketed. Now I know that was the right German word. Sure. <laughs> Um, I, I hate the the manner in which that comes about. Um, like, like, let's take a second. Let's talk about Monsanto before oh, we go any further. All right, all right. Let's do it. Let's, um, let's go all through this. Monsanto is a very old company. It started uh, uh, in the very early twentieth uh, century, mm-hmm. and these guys. I mean, what, as I researched them, I was amazed. They you, they've stuck a lot of wangs in a lot of buckets. Oh, so many buckets! And now, and I know right now uh, because of their their kind of evolution as a company, we consider them to be exclusively a, a bio agricultural corporation. Mm-hmm. I want to run down a quick list. Of, I've got two lists here that I made of good things Monsanto has come up with <laughs> and bad things that Monsanto has come up with. Okay, I don't know why I have saccharin on the good list, but I do. Um, that was one of the first things they made. Yeah, one of the first things they invented saccharin. Um, they, that'll be. I, I guess that'll be another podcast episode where I have to. Right, <laughs> tell and saccharin you how is saccharin. not good for you. I'm <laughs> making this really clear. I don't know why I put it on the good list. It's not good for you. But they invented it. It's an artificial sweetener. Yeah, if you don't know, they made all brand detergent. Mm-hmm. And they, they then they sold that off to another company. Uh, they made DDT. Nineteen forty-four. They yep. started DDT uh, is a, a very powerful insecticide. Turned out to have some pretty serious secondary effects for wildlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made very famous in the book Silent Spring. Mm. I put DDT in the good list, and I will tell you why. DDT was an amazing, an excellent chemical. It was a, such a powerful insecticide. You could dip a mosquito net in this stuff, and 10 years later, any mosquito that touched that net would die. We had malaria on the ropes. We had yellow fever on the ropes, and then we stopped using DDT. And it has cost millions of lives. If th- does that mean we lose some eagles? So be it. I can live with that. I'm upset that we stopped using DDT. We almost, we'd almost eradicated vector-borne diseases from mosquitoes. That was worth the price. Uh, moving on. Um, they invented a, a process to create pure chiral compounds. Hmm. That is a huge advance for people. Um, they used this to create L-DOPA, which to this day is still a huge... <laughs> Okay, huge try luchador it. in Mexico. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a it's a town just south of the border where you can get. I mean, you know, just 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 relax, lose yourself. <laughs> when they use this town to treat Parkinson's, <laughs> but no, the L dopa to this day is it's a dopamine, it's a synthetic dopamine that they use to treat uh, people with Parkinson's. 
Uh, they invented AstroTurf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boise State thanks them every year with a new garish color for their stadium. <laughs> True. They were the first company to mass produce uh, LEDs, light-emitting diodes. Yeah, yeah. Big deal. They invented Celebrex. They oh. actually invented Celebrex. Celebrex. <laughs> they invented the entire day. classification of COX two inhibitors. Great. Which are great. Those are good, helpful drugs. Side effects may include dry mouth, heart <laughs> palpitations, cancer, diabetes. Do not use Celebrex if you're pregnant or expecting to become pregnant. <laughs> Do not use Celebrex if you breathe or expect to breathe at any time. Do not use Celebrex if you develop hair mouth oh. or chainsaw hairs. <laughs> Consult the physician. Stop immediately if you develop this. Celebrex. <laughs> Now, on the bad side of Monsanto's work, Agent Orange. Oh, hi. Yeah, yeah. The defoliator used extensively in Vietnam during the war, which had horrifying results on the people infected. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Still do. Uh, PCBs, polychlorinated biphenyls. Yep. Those are no longer allowed to be made in the U.S. And I really hope that you guys listen to our fluoride podcast. Because these guys were also involved in aspects of the Manhattan Project Mm -hmm. and the Atomic Energy Commission. Oh. Yeah, remember those guys? Remember those guys that fast-tracked everything in the research that they were doing for their own means and ends? You know what? It's like anybody. Monsanto's like anybody. (laughs) You take the good, you take the bad, (laughs) you take them both, and then you have Monsanto. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to do the soundtracks for everything from now on. Um, and, and so, yeah, so there's, there's a little nutshell, Monsanto, what they've done, who they've been, and now the kind of terrifying entity they've become. Yeah. I'll add a couple things to that. Uh, they're the ones in 1994 that introduced the RBGH, like we mentioned, the, uh, bovine growth hormone. They also developed the glyphosate uh, herbicide, Uh which is now what they, uh, uh, program into genes that they call, well, it's that's what they use in uh, the product Roundup. Yeah. Now you may have heard of Roundup as you know being the weed killer and everything. Well, now they're programming genes to be resistant to Roundup in particular, so that they can sell seeds that are are Roundup ready, mm-hmm. and they can sell Roundup so that they can be sprayed with the Roundup and not get affected by the Roundup. Um, Roundup. So. <laughs> So if, uh, if if I had some statistical numbers on that, would I just round those down? No. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. So, um, <laughs> no, it's like cowboy roundup, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Anyways, they, they have been pretty public about uh, their intentions to control the world's seed production and distribution as yep. well. They want, they have said, we want to be the only seed pr- producer and distributor. Ninety percent of U.S. crops apparently are Roundup ready now. That the seeds that uh, they get from Monsanto, they're the Roundup ready, and also a lot of them have this uh, the BT resistance. So they're they're they have built the built-in pesticide too, and they're working on uh, stacking those so that they are not only um, Roundup ready, uh, they are also bull weevil ready. <laughs> yeah, weevil weevil ready. Bullworm is actually the bullstein. So um, no, it really is B O L L worm. Gotcha. <laughs> what does uh, why why do we keep talking about the R B G H the ribosomal uh, bovine growth hormone? I don't know. I just love my my rich frothy milk. I'll tell you what. 
here's what it did. Yes, it increased the yield of milk in cows a <laughs> bit, but it was also called crack for cows. Uh, <laughs> I did not read that. Yeah, it, they also called it cow crack. It's um, <laughs> just not fair. It destroyed communities. <laughs> Uh, here's what it caused. Uh, there's an in, uh, increase of 25% risk of clinical mastitis in cows. Aye. That has to do with uh, the udders. Uh, 40% uh, reduction in fertility. And uh, a 55% increased risk of lameness and or sickness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. All right. So, Did you guys get the new Genesis album? <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hop in my Kia Sorento and <laughs> No, seriously guys, the Pussycat Dolls are pretty good music group. <laughs> uh but seriously, lots of cows died. So uh <laughs> sorry cows. So yes, that's uh, that's some other stuff that Monsanto has has uh, graced us with. All the while saying this stuff is great. Yeah, not uh, good DDT, for cows. Great, uh, Agent Orange. It's fine. Forget about it. It's fine. RGBH. Hey, if if this weren't fine, then I'm a <laughs> I'm a lame cow. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I think Monsanto's stock and trade for its its history has been as long as we are the first people doing something. We will already have cashed our paychecks by the time they make us stop. <laughs> that's true. And that is not a responsible corp. You know, that's not a responsible way of doing business. Yep. And so you almost have to say, even those good things that they did, they didn't give a fuck if they were bad things. Right. You know, that's just them rolling the dice. Yep. So if you, it's an irresponsible way of running a business. But oh, unfortunately, the way the the corporate climate is structured right now. It's is, the only way to run Right. As long as you are ahead of legislation and Monsanto is and they can delay that legislation now, and they can yeah. control that legislation then they can they can make their money and then go oh is that hurting people we'll stop yeah, now let's stop i guess right and they've already moved on to their next product and and that's i mean it's it's awful but it's 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 painful and successful <laughs> in that order all right i'll go back through and see if we can get through some of these controversies real quick Let's go do the flavor savers, the tomatoes. Oh, yeah. They, they were delicious. When they were force-fed to rats, they resulted in stomach lesions, and 7 out of 40 rats died within two weeks of, of consuming these. Now, I will say that uh, tomatoes actually have an extraordinarily acidic compound in them. So if you're force-feeding them to, to rats, you're going to give those rats stomach lesions i mean um, i'm not an apologist I bet, i'm i'm but i would hope that they would have a group of control rats where they fed them regular tomatoes and got no no results too who knows though yeah. now rats that were fed uh gm soy soybeans are are one of the one of if not the biggest crop today that yeah. is produced yeah soy and corn soy. rule the school Rats that were fed GM soy developed misshapen cells in their livers. And in the UK, there was a study done where rats that were fed genetically engineered potatoes showed abnormal thickening of stomach lining. So a lot of stuff's going on in, in their uh, digestive hmm. systems after they, after they get this stuff in them. As I said before, uh, genetic inserts are unstable in gene sequences, and they can mutate. Uh, it's been shown that uh, there have been 
re-scrambling of, of DNA sequences after genetic modification and not all the same way every time. It's kind of a random thing, mm-hmm. too. So that's weird, and that's not really good. Six corporations control the world's grain supply, all based within the U.S. The Rothschilds, <laughs> the Gettys. <laughs> Uh, but that's kind of disconcerting, right? Yeah, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of power in a very small number of hands. And corporations are constantly merging and and getting smaller and smaller too. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the herbicide glyphosate, uh, which is what Monsanto developed, mm-hmm. depletes soil health, leading to smaller crops. Mm. Interesting. As much as eighty percent of food. That are, that's in a normal grocery store contains GM foods, and this is processed or prepackaged foods mm-hmm. that we get. Uh, so uh, in, enjoy that when you're when you're going shopping. Enjoy the texture. Now, here are a couple of the biggest reasons for me mm-hmm. that I think GMOs are under the bad column. Let's say, all right, companies refuse to label food that is genetically modified. Yeah, and they are under no FDA obligation to do so. Why keep it a secret? Like, what's the big deal with that? The the second thing, most regulatory assessments uh, on this stuff are based on data provided by biotech companies who profit from the positive assessments. Right. The self, this means the self regulating. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it, this is this is um, Monsanto scientists doing research saying yes, Monsanto <laughs> stuff is good. It turns out we can charge that much for it, sir. <laughs> Have a Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, have a Chesterfield. <laughs> Just grew it this morning <laughs> from our so, cigarette trees. This is, uh, and uh, in the end, this means most people don't know or have a choice when they're buying their food uh, that they're getting gen- genetically modified stuff. And, and that is not right. I completely agree with that. People have a right to know what they're eating. They have a right to know if a scientist has uh, stuck his dick in their bag of Cheetos. Yes. They need to know that. Or if uh, a, a syringe <laughs> with with uh, genetic code has stuck its syringe tip in their bag of right. Cheetos. Right. Exactly. And so, and those are important things. And it is, it is ridiculous. And and obviously, you know, who's fighting those those labeling procedures? The corporations that are making it. Because if you put a label on there that says genetically modified. People People. will be less inclined to buy that. People have what I believe to be a self-defeating and ridiculous and emotional attachment to natural things. You know what's natural? Plagues and famine and drought and river blindness and malaria. Those things are natural. That's what happens in nature. Well, what else happens is that you can uh, introduce species to help with your your crops. Uh, bugs. If you're having trouble with bugs, get more uh, sparrows out there. If you have trouble with sparrows, then get more uh, hawks. Who, who knows? Integrated you know. pest management is a huge part of every farm, even the agricultural, even the, the Monsanto farms. IPM is used universally in the I, United States. I used to actually did research. My research project in, in college because, unfortunately, I couldn't get funding for research into a vector-borne disease, and I was in Colorado, uh, Diaraphis noxia, the Russian wheat aphid. I did pest research, um, and what I did is what my research focused on was exactly that, integrated pest management. You bring in coccinellids, um, lady beetles. Mm-hmm. They are voracious predators, mm-hmm. and they just wail on aphids. So you bring those in. I mean, there's there's a lot of work that is done on those things. And then when you have too many lady beetles, you bring in spiders. We don't ever 
bring spiders. All right. That is my promise. That's And that's the problem with these farms. Not enough spiders. <laughs> Too I will many ladybeetles. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Delta Intotoxin doesn't like ladybeetles. <laughs> that's right. I dressed as a lady beetle for my debutante ball. <laughs> and never again. My cotillion was never the same. Um, <laughs> But uh, this this leads us directly into a little thing called Prop 37. Proposition 37 in California was a California referendum on whether or not genetically engineered material sold to consumers would be labeled or uh, prohibited the marketing uh, of such foods as natural. Mm -hmm. It was introduced uh, as a referendum to be voted on uh, to be introduced as legislation in this uh, this past November's elections uh, in 20... uh, Twelve. Twelve. Um, that was that was the last year we just had. <laughs> right. I. You know what? Time's relative. So um, <laughs> next week on Blurry Photos, <laughs> or last week. <laughs> uh, so opponents of Prop Thirty Seven said that it was a scheme, a labeling scheme. Uh, it would create bureaucracy that would cost taxpayers millions. It would authorize lawsuits against small businesses, and it would increase grocery bills by hundreds of dollars a year. Now, uh, here's the deal: sixty-one other countries already have this law. There is no cost to consumers. This it does not cost anything to to put right. that this is a GMO on on somebody's label. There's no incentives for lawsuits. It's a simple, do you have this on your label? Do you not have this on your label? Yeah. And many of the California farmers uh, supported it. Uh, Major corporations spent $45 million campaigning against uh, this proposition. Yeah, scaring people with a high grocery bill. Exactly. They, They hammered home that this would cost people money. And in today's times, when everybody, you know, is worried about the debt and and the deficit and how much is everything going to cost, oh my gosh, because the rich keep getting richer and the poor just keep getting purer, then that's that hit home with a lot of people. And California voted no on Proposition 37, 53% to 47%. So California now does not have to label uh, GMOs. Which and not the first time California has had the opportunity to to be out front and, and take the lead <laughs> on a point and then drop the ball. Correct, but this one was a huge disinformation campaign launched mm-hmm. by Monsanto right at the top, uh, leading the way with the the funding uh, against it. Then, but you've got all your major like if you go to the grocery store and you you think of your top brands, they all I would bet gave money to this. You've got Kraft in there, mm-hmm. uh, Coca Cola is in there. You've got Del Monte, Heinz was one of the ones, Hershey's. I mean, you think of all your major brands. Why not? What's the big deal? I mean, you're just thinking of putting profits before people's health, for one thing. If people are concerned about that, you know, and they're not going to buy your your product because you've been messing around genetically with it. Since the prevalence of of, of GMOs is, is, what, over 85, 90%? I mean, it's it's way up there. Yeah. In, of crops grown in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, and in the products that we eat, you know, like on the. So that means that when you look at the, you know, because I'm just so focused on corn for some reason. When you look on the snack chip shelf, that means that of all the snacks in there, there is one, and if you're lucky, two bags that don't contain GMOs. Yeah, I would, I would say maybe it's in, an easier sell legally to have 
a G, uh, a GMO free label for those people that you are not allowed to use if you have GMOs. And then those bags can be, they, they can have their, cause they're, it's a smaller number. I don't know. Am I, am I, am I, I is that, I like, got lost. Is that like genetic apartheid since, since only 10% of, of the items on a shelf at any grocery store don't contain GMOs. Right. Those should be the the labeled items. Oh, I see. With a GMO free, oh, just a and like something that those guys that legally a legally protected label. Just like they they do such a terrible job of saying things are organic or natural yeah. with no real scientific underpinning to those things. Right. I mean, I have a feeling that that things that say they're organic or that they're natural means like this has been grown. It's a plant, so therefore it's organic. Right. You it's know, natural because this is not a I have seen of, it in nature. Of nuts, before. bolts, and washers. <laughs> Thus it is organic. <laughs> um, you know, and like I said, I think that it's an emotional desire in people. They think that a hundred years ago everyone was six feet tall, hale and healthy because they ate a you know, good, solid uh, that's not how people were. People were sickly and they died of of, of ringworm. Sure. You know. Um, that's that's a, a, a bias that we have. Get, now. Getting close to watermelons and bowling balls, though, I feel, because medication has come a long way as well. Right, right, absolutely. But I think that this this desire for things that are natural, and if you want that, you should have the right to not only have it, but not be lied to about getting it. Sure. Personally, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't. I don't care. I know that. I. I, I know. I don't shop in that aisle. Well, I just don't care. That's the thing. But I. But everyone deserves to know and make the choice based on what they yeah. want. I yeah. do agree with that. Now, in uh, in the grocery store, I believe that's uh, that's by your place, which I've frequented mm-hmm. uh, quite a few times. The aisle that will tell you if stuff does not have GMOs in it is probably. It's the what, shortest aisle. One twentieth of the size of the entire store. <laughs> it, 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 that aisle, the the um, organic health food, snack yep. chips, and salsa aisle, shares with like toothbrushes <laughs> and, and like the, the helium balloons for <laughs> helium. for birthdays. It is the the <laughs> smallest, tiniest piece of real estate, <laughs> grudgingly seated by yep. a grocery store. They're like, well, I guess we got to try to appeal yeah. to the hippies. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I can't have them in here again. <laughs> here you go, everyone. <laughs> I agree. I do agree. It and is... I buy most of my stuff from that. <laughs> right. And 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 here's the, the the sad truth is you get on the other hand a place like Whole Foods, which I uh, is is a wonderland. Right. It's a lot more expensive to shop there. Sadly. And sadder still, the percentages don't change at Whole Foods. I, the packaging I, does. And the pricing mm-hmm. is higher, but the percentages of items containing GMOs doesn't change despite what they say. That is something that I did find out in my research. Yeah, that's something that they're going to have to work on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and that's a hard thing because they, they really – they do have high-quality meats and cheeses. Yeah. Like, they, it's great stuff. I'm not against it at all. I wish that I lived closer to one so I could spend more money there. Yeah. But having said that, if things that like organic – uh, locally sourced produce and a non-GMO filled bag of potato chips is important to you. You're doing no better at Whole Foods than you are at any other grocery store. I'd have to say you're doing a little. I mean, I think that they have their whole their whole store is that aisle. That Whole yeah. Foods is the the. <laughs> I mean, 
if it's lying, if they're lying, then uh, at least I've got that peace of mind. <laughs> I guess. That's, yeah, you, but, you've done the best you can. You've yeah, done due diligence. The the products are different enough. Yeah. At least in the labeling, like you said. Who knows what we're really getting in our bodies? I will only buy meat from there, though. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to buy meat from other just normal grocery stores because. Because you know that that other episode that we're going to do on pink slime. Um, oh man, I I I know the meat guys at my grocery store by name. <laughs> I used to eat so much ground beef, and I used to be so angry. <laughs> I can't. I, I'll say that I can't remember the last time I ate ground beef. I'm I'm pretty careful about what I eat. I know I, I eat a lot of fish. Yeah. And I, my, here's my, here's, I mean, what do you think of this? This is my, my internal dialogue that I have. I like tilapia. Mm-hmm. I know what I buy is like the farm raised mass produced. It's literally made in dumpsters. <laughs> sure. A friend of mine went to a tilapia farm, like just big industrial dumpsters. And so I'm like, Ugh. but on the other hand, I know that they don't have all the mercury yeah. <laughs> running through them. So it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it, it is. A really difficult thing to find food that is not actively Trying killing to, you. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I duck the whole problem by just not eating tilapia anymore. I eat swai. It's a Vietnamese <laughs> fish. I it's, it's oh. probably the worst thing I could have done. I don't care. I mean, I'm so close to, to just uh, cashing in whatever I have, taking the $30 to my name, and moving out somewhere that's kind of remote where I can plant my own stuff. Hopefully find some non-GM seeds and plant my own stuff and basically mostly live on that, you know, rain and rainwater. <laughs> it's like everything that, that we put in our bodies is just so messed up anymore. That's true. But even, I mean, you can eat the most pristine, if you, you know, break into a seed lab, steal seeds from 300 years ago, germinate them and grow them and still get colon cancer. You know, like... There's no, there, well, these, it happens. Right. Exactly. These things happen. I don't, you know, and it's too soon to know what the real incidence rates are. Yeah. And, and that is the risk. There is a huge risk to that. I can say solidly that if, uh, if my ship sinks, I won't be the only one at the bottom of the bay. <laughs> well, that's true. A um, lot of people don't care. Yeah. Maybe I'll find, uh, so much company in my misery. I personally think that at the end of the day, the benefits I'm not going to say they outweigh the risks because the risks could be stomach cancer, right? It, well, the, the risks could be Agent Orange. The risks well, could be, uh, you know, these PCBs. The 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 could be uh, catastrophic risks. A disease that just wipes out all the plants. Now we all starve to death. You know, there are huge risks, <laughs> but I also think that it's worth it to have the research done. I don't care for the manner in which it's done right now. Yeah. You do you do you want to know what I think would solve this? Hmm. If they made the system kind of like Civilization, the game, uh, and then just let me play it. <laughs> then, then I'd have something to do this weekend. I'd have something to do. The world would get fed. Yeah, if there We'd was have, just you know clicky buttons and sliders, and every now and then you got to deal with some other guy who wants to make a treaty with you. Right. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not like that. Yep, me I'll too. work on that. Maybe for Christmas. Let's all work on that. <laughs> um, man, I mean, we've been going for a while, and that's that's great and terrible. But like, I, I hope we've made the wonderful world of genetic engineering hilarious and fun. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, the the thing with this is we could keep going and the debate could keep going and oh, it does man. keep going every day. We took a break to have a two-part episode debate and we decided that no one wants to hear two no. hours of it. No, so you got one big hunk of <laughs> yeah. genetically modified seed shell here. Yeah. <laughs> we We've spliced the genome of this subject. We tried to inject some promoters for hilarity. Uh, some of them stuck. Most of them didn't. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's that's GMOs in a genetically modified uh, nutshell. Yeah. Um, I am so ready for some puns. Oh my yes. God! Please bring on the puns. <laughs> Who wants to start? I think you should this time. I've been starting the last couple of weeks. I have an instant messaging service. Called GMOMG. <laughs> oh, that is just ridiculous. Uh-huh. Should be slapped for that. LOL. All right, I uh, I have uh, an idea. It's a uh, this is a shout out for my friend Nick M. Wherever you are, you Ukrainian bastard. It's a genetically modified Ukrainian neurotransmitter called L Dupa. Dupa is Ukrainian for butt. It's a pun. What do you want? It's oh, your turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> el Dupa, El Dopa. Square off. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass. I am all ass. <laughs> you cannot kick all of me. Huh? Uh, all right, great. I have some concrete contractors. Okay. Called Paver Saver. Oh, I like that. Okay. Based on that tomato. Did you get it? Yeah, I did. I did get that one. I did that. All right. Well, uh, in the face of some negative public publicity, corporation decides to uh, reinvigorate their image as a, a benefactor, a giver of gifts to society. So I'm, I'm proud to introduce Monsanto's new mascot, Monsanto. <laughs> grow, grow, grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. Monsanto. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the shittest box of shit puns that ever shit out of shit hole. Have fun beeping that. <laughs> well, I have to say, you saved it with Grow, Grow, Grow. <laughs> I wasn't on board. <laughs> I was skeptical. And then you said, Grow, Grow, Grow. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Please direct your hate mail to Blurry Photos. Uh, the website, blurryphotos.org, will have a contact thing on there. It's great. Uh, hey, this week we have puns. Oh, it's a pun extravaganza. And the children say... That's good. Mm-hmm. Is it is it just me or is one of those kids working a little too hard though? I don't he, entirely buy it. He's trying to get more work for himself for later. You right? Know he yeah, is. He's right. Trying to well, it doesn't him. work that way. Yeah, Jeremy. Jesus, Jeremy. Uh, this one, this one's a new one. Uh, we haven't gotten one from from uh, this listener before. Hey-o. This this listener uh, is listener Chris. Mm-hmm. Hey Chris, thanks for sending this in. Uh, he's got a pun for us. He says, did you guys hear about the new thin corn chip, Frito-Lay lines? Oh, <laughs> yes! Perfect. I, I'll tell you this. The, the, mark, the hallmark of a great pun 
is when they say it, you're like, fuck, I should have thought of that. <laughs> yep. 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 Well done, Chris. Yeah, hey. well played. Welcome aboard, sir. Thanks, thanks, sir, uh, for listening, and thanks mm-hmm. for sending us stuff. Keep them coming. We have uh, we have a few puns yep. from uh, um, sophomore listener Greg. Oh yeah, that's right. You made it out of freshman. We just bumped you up. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, you're you're getting your AP classes in there already. I think. Yeah, unlike Alistair Crowley, you don't have to travel the world and then promote yourself. Right. We see what you don't you're have doing. to go to Mexico. Yeah, and- just to become the the level thirty eight. <laughs> no, we're we're we see what you're doing. We like it. And we're rewarding you with that. Yeah, keep keep up the good work. You want to start us out with what uh, uh, Greg has sent us? Do I? All right, yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg's serving it up hot. <laughs> I think this is from uh, one of our earlier episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Greg hits us with this. When Tesla worked for Edison, he had a tiny office, and he stayed there night and day. So when employees went looking for the fellow co-worker, a colleagues would say, I don't know, check Nicholas Cage. Because he was stuck uh, there. I don't know. I <laughs> no, no! I feel a little like my head's on fire, but I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. If you if, if if you feel right now like you don't hate Nicolas Cage enough, just YouTube up any scene of his in Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh. Where he adopts the most ridiculous voice on earth. Poof. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. But oh, do you think that's it? Is that it? For I'm Greg? not even done thanking Greg. Oh man, he's not even done thanking us. Yeah, uh, check out the hottest new reality show. Greg's letting us know about a cryptozoological legend is living in New York, making his way in the big city. Watch the Mothman cometh on TLC. Life, Life unscripted. unscripted. <laughs> the Mothman cometh. Why didn't we think of that? No, oh, I know. <laughs> That I was literally just wallowing in my own self hatred for that. Brilliantly done, thank you, Greg. But oh, is the Greg train pulled out of the station yet, or can I still get on board? I think you can still get on oh. if you got the right ticket to punch. Oh, I've I got nothing but tickets. <laughs> I am a ticket. <laughs> I am the ticket. That's right. Dude, please don't punch me. Yeah, this this particular ticket. Uh, is from the Ghosts uh, episode, The Ghost Taxonomy, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. That was a fun one. He says, when golfing with a specter, if he takes a chunk out of the ground with his driver, always tell him to replace his dibbick. <laughs> Sports! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, surely the train has to, to pull out now. I mean, it's on a timetable and all, right? I, I would love to imagine that... Greg is in board meetings, and he's not paying attention. He's just hammering away on his phone. And all of a sudden, he realizes that the room's quiet and everyone's looking at him. <laughs> and he still doesn't care. He puns on. He puns, he puns on. He forwards that pun. We've never asked for money before, but Greg's going to need some money pretty soon. So if you could just send that in, we got to keep this guy afloat until he gets his next job. All for the love of puns. That's right. Puns is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Pulls a hole with her. All right, tell what what else? I, what what's on this? What's on the caboose of this train? Well, we hate to see you go, Greg, but we love to watch you leave. Do you want me to handle this caboose, or do you want to handle it? Oh no, I'm taking this one All right. because this this is the epitome of why the f- didn't I think of this? This caboose is loose. Uh oh, because he's he, Greg's brought us a product. 
I, I, I can't wait. What hold is on, this? hold on. Let me get my let me get my official studio voiceover voice ready. <clears throat> Are you getting ready for a night of sexy plady and pleasure? Then you must use the perfume no spirit can resist. Channeling number five. Channeling number five. Be something to nothing. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's great. I love that. That is a great product. Even even a slogan. Yeah, exactly. And, and really well written. Really well done. I'm I'm jealous and furious. We'll never read another thing from you, Greg. You're showing us up. And he's he even tacked a bonus pun on here. Uh oh. Yeah, that's right. He this so so that was the caboose, but this is like the conductor, the guy who takes tickets waving to you from right, the caboose. Right. Uh there's also a store for people who summon <laughs> who summon all manner of spirits who are also a very average size called Mediums. <laughs> now that's a Flora pun. I'd, 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 I'd expect to hear that one out of you. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. It's puns. I, There's no compliments. That's that. To me, it sounds like a, a a show that's coming on HBO soon. Yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, everybody, uh, jump jump on that uh, Greg train. It's yeah. it'll be in your town soon. I'm sure. Do do. Here it comes, y'all. <laughs> All in answers. <laughs> But thank you, seriously, for yep. sending in puns, you guys. And, and, and please, uh, I mean, we love reading them. You know what you should do, uh, dear listeners? Go to iTunes and subscribe to this. Yeah, if do it. If you haven't yet, rate us and all it's that stuff. It's easy and fun. Uh, it's also <laughs> super easy to, to go to Facebook and like us. We have 45 now. Did you know that? No way. We have 45. Uh, w- welcome to our new likers. Oh, we're almost at 50. I know. 50 the new goal. Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. I don't know what we'll do when that happens. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm tempted to offer a certificate, but I'll be coquettish yeah. at this point. I'm yeah. going to hold back on that. We'll hold back. Uh, you should also follow us on Twitter. We also got a new uh, Twitter follower. Did you oh, know that? Oh, sweet. No, yeah. I did not. Thank you for following us. Uh, blurry underscore photos. And that's 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 pretty much all the business that I got, I think. Yeah. Uh, you guys, you guys know what to do. You're great. You're just the best. We'll we'll let you uh, formulate your own GMO opinion about this stuff. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I added a, another pun for you. Oh, GMO opinion, Gosh. nice. I didn't. Even, I don't even have to try. <laughs> bro, I'm just doing it, bro. Do you even pun? <laughs> Word jazz, man. Word <laughs> jazz. Zip up, da 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 pun. I'm David the Scatman Flora. <laughs> I am the scion of science, the genetically engineered and ultimate Dave Stecco. <laughs> I have not been... been tested for public consumption. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been uh, Blurry Photos, so... Uh, uh... Bye! <laughs> I was hoping I could do that longer. <laughs>